there's no doubt there's something endearing about a smile, and certainly it's something that we're happy about, but so many people fret about the smile. Today, we're actually going to talk about the smile, the health impacts, all sorts of things surrounding it. Welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and with me today is the smile doctor, Dr. Rich Castellana. He's going to be talking about the health benefits of smiling, surgery, all sorts of things related to it. And as you know, Dr. Castellana, we have a family medicine and primary care audience. Let's just talk in general about the smile and, and, and why it is important to health. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on, Brian. I'm a big fan and so amazed by your, your successes. And you embody what it means to be a doctor, docere, to teach. You're a great teacher, and I am honored to be able to teach with you here about the power of smile. So it's critical because as doctors, we want to heal people's pain. And one of the, the greatest therapies in the human body, that one of the, one of the most powerful painkillers we have, is our smile. <laughs> There's so much research out there to show we live longer when we smile more. We stay married longer. It physically changes the chemicals in our heart and in our brain, and it lowers the heart rate. It lowers our stress. We all know if you have too much stress, stress can be painful. Smiling actually lowers that and changes us on a biochemical level. So it may sound simple. Most people will say, well, yeah, I know how to smile but they don't do it. So I'm here to get the word out and help people, encourage them to smile more and use one of these greatest therapies that we have at our fingertips. And not only is it therapeutic, but it's great for communication, which obviously that's important for doctors as well. Well, obviously you got a great topic. If you're going to be on the road selling something or talking about something, it has to be fun to talk about smiling. I mean, it'd be a lot more depressing to talk about grimacing and frowning all day and, and bring everybody down. So so I'll, right off the bat, you know, you kind of create a good mood. We're excited in the show. I'm excited. I'm thinking about, yeah, I try to spend my day smiling. And I know the days I am smiling, I get along better with people. They're happier to see me. I'm happier to see them. And there's less trauma and controversy. And those days when I'm in a an irritated mood or, or you know, just kind of don't have that edge, there seems to be more controversy. Absolutely. So what I've done is I've developed a clinical tool you may you remember that there was a time when there was no pain score. We always ask people, what's your score? What's your pain score? Zero to ten, ten being the worst, right? There was a time when we never asked that. We just said, how is your pain? Well, now you can score that. Well, you can use a similar scale for the smile score. And let me tell you what, how it works. So zero to ten, some people, they smile no matter what happens to them. Well, it looks like I got a flat tire. And some people, no matter what happens to them, they never smile. So you can use this as a relationship index, as a communicator, as an as an indicator of someone's uh, psychology and their health on how much they smile, how positive they are, or how depressive they are. So as a facial plastic surgeon, I assess people's psyche and their self-confidence and their self-image all the time. If I get someone who comes in and they're a high smiler, they are much more likely to have a self-image. They're more confident they're easier to get along with. They're easier to work with. But if I do a consult on someone and I cannot get them to smile through the entire consultation, they're a low smile score. What's the likelihood they're going to smile after I do my very best work? So when you look at that, do you try to manage expectations? Do you, do you come right out and tell them, hey, you don't smile. How come? How do you deal with it? Because obviously, again, you, you, you focus on it. Well, your smile score is like your, your fitness score. 
I mean, you could score people on their fitness, you know, zero to 10, right? You can look at someone and in a second or two, you can say, that person's a 10. They're fit. Look at them. You see their six pack and their abs. That person, okay, fine. They're a six or seven. That person, they're a one or a two. So when you refer to people's fitness, it's kind of not polite. It's like calling out their weight. And it's not polite to call out people's smiles, but wherever they are, you want to recognize it. And you just want to encourage them to smile more. One of the greatest challenges of the power of smile is psychologically, people are averse to being told to smile more. There's actually research to show when you tell people, hey, you got to smile more, that they don't like it. And they're, they, it brings them down. They get upset. They get frustrated. Don't tell me how to feel. I'm not going to fake smile. Yeah, so no, you're right. one way to spread it. No, you're right about smile that. Yourself. I mean. From years of television, you know, you'd always say, you know, we really like it when you smile. We really like it. And they'd be the times, you're right, when you try the fake smile. But that's when you're most likely to not smile is when somebody tells you to smile. And, and that is true. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I know for a fact, you know, it's, I would be irritated, you know, if you smiled more and you're like, oh, shut up. I don't want to smile more. And then other times, <laughs> and then if you're in a good mood, you do. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that, um, you know, that when so, you put that. So you don't want to put people in that position, in other words. If you do, you're just going to alienate them. So there's only one way to do it is I got to show up and I crank my smile up and I see my office staff and I'm like, hey, guys, it's so good to see you. Oh, my gosh, it's super Nina's here. Everybody look at Nina. Oh, my. And we are silly about it. You know, I love that hairstyle or I just I just am goofy on my staff. But even if they're laughing at me, I don't care. They're still smiling. So it's good for the team. Now, this is good for my patients. Because when patients come in, they're scared coming into the doctor's office. They're fearful of, they don't want to die. They don't want to have a, a medical illness. They want to be cured. They want to be healed. They want their pain to be relieved. And when they are greeted by staff that smile, makes them feel better. Patients complain, oh, I saw this doctor. They've got no bedside manner. They didn't feel like the doctor cared. And one of the best ways we show that we care is just give patients a genuine smile. It's nonverbal communication, but it's therapeutic. It's biochemical changes in the body. I mean, it touches everything. I'm the Jack LaLanne of smiling. I'm like getting out there just to you know, cheer people on. Come on, you can do it. And I just want to spread that word and make as many people smile as I can. Dr. Rich Castellano is our guest on Primary Care Today. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough. Dr. Castellana is a board-certified facial plastic surgeon. He practices in, I know you're a native of Tampa, Florida. Does you practice down there as well? I'm in Tampa, Florida, in the Villages, Florida. we got a, a practice in both locations, facial plastic surgery, all local anesthesia. And the greatest irony of what I do, there's no cosmetic treatment, no facelift filler or laser that looks as good as Mother Nature's free facelift. <laughs> so what you think? smile. It, it's really interesting that you obviously have focused on this. Now, you, somebody who goes into plastic surgery, construct, reconstructive, uh, facial plastic surgery in particular, you're obviously concerned about body image and how people appear. So I guess you would have been more, noticing people's smiles or lack of thereof from an early age on, where maybe many of us, you know, somebody who maybe might be an uh, infectious disease specialist isn't necessarily looking in on that. How did you develop this great interest? Well, I have examined hundreds of thousands of faces, photographs, looking at them over every angle you can imagine, and I realized that there are some patients that I just can't get them to smile. It's a behavioral, habitual thing. So I realized, what's my goal? I just wanted to make my patients happy. And what I found 
even as a physician, whether you're a facial plastic surgeon or any kind of doctor, if you can make your patients smile, that the relationship is so much better, even if their therapeutic treatment is not the absolute best, they love the relationship. And what I mean by that, you may have the best therapeutic options and the treatment guidelines and so forth, and the doctor made the right choices, but if they never smile with that patient, the patient doesn't trust them, and they may not be compliant, because, and they'll miss out on a great treatment because the doctor is a poor communicator. I just wanted to make my patients happy. And when I realized there was research to show that it physically changes our our psyche is the facial feedback hypothesis. Whatever face you wear, it changes what you think about. It changes what you say. It changes how other people treat you. That's where I tuned into this. And people come to me, they want to look good. And I'm like, what is this all about? You know, I didn't want to tell my patients anything that I wouldn't tell my 13-year-old daughter. I want her to have a healthy self-image. So I'm not about creating beauty. I'm about helping people look younger. If we want to look more attractive, there's only one way to do that. You put a genuine smile on your face. You show people that you care. you got to feel it on the inside. And sometimes you don't feel like smiling, and you fake it until you make it. But that shows authenticity when you can do that. So it touches so many different things. It helps me screen my patients. Darwin spoke about this over 100 years ago. Facial feedback hypothesis, very well documented, very well researched, but people don't do it on a practical level. And how I explain that, out of 100 people, grocery store, restaurant shopping, out of 100, how many would you guess have a smile on their face at any given time, just doing their daily activities? What would you guess if you had to put a number on it? 20%. You're an optimist like me. I'm very optimistic. I've counted this many, many times. It's about three people out of 100. The highest I got was 10. There was alcohol involved. The more <laughs> alcohol there is, there's more smiling. Most people will overestimate it, but people really don't smile that much. But And we have, we certainly have a lot to smile about, wouldn't you agree? What about certain areas? I'm going to bring this up. Um, when I, I work in a city hospital, I also yes. do a lot of media work in the city. And if I'm walking down the street, if I'm walking around my hospital, for instance, I am. I'm smiling yes. and I'm jovial and I, I really try to present that. But I almost intentionally try to... Look down, look, look not looking people in the eye, not necessarily smile when I'm walking through the city, especially if it's 8 p.m. and it's a little dusk. I, I, I want to put on a more threatening image just because of maybe being a little more concerned area. What about that situation? Well, you've got to have safety first. I mean, there certainly are some places you can walk down the street and get shot, and that's you know not really something to smile about. But when you're in a safe area... There's no greater gift we can give to people than look them in the eye and give them a nice smile. You don't even have to say anything. It's just acknowledging them. How are you? You know, can I help you? But if if you're worried for your safety, when you smile, it shows that you're open. Okay, that's a beautiful thing when people are open. But most people walk around and they're very closed. They're always protecting themselves. Now, in that circumstance that you described, yes, you need to protect yourself. You got to have safety first. But you're but saying if you're in the grocery store, for instance, you're in the grocery store, smile. I mean, there's really no harm there. You're not at risk, and that might be an opportunity. What about physicians in their practice? I mean, one of the things I've noticed, and you've probably noticed it as well, but in primary care, I see it a lot. We train young doctors, and you know, they're under pressure. They're in med school. They're looking at loans, and then they're looking at the hours they're working and the number of patients they need to see. And there's almost a 
a negativity right now in many areas of medicine right. where people that's right and and it, it's almost a negativity that feeds you know oh today's horrible it's just and you see people moping around and I'm always thinking that's not the best thing for patients to see because what you're you're giving them a sense of pessimism pessimism as well or the young doctors who are training under you need to see something brighter as well right that's right you look at that and you wonder you say hey did those people actually choose to be here or did were they forced wait a minute they did choose to be here and it is a per, it's a pervasive culture unfortunately i was there when i was going through my training people would be like oh you're starting in medicine it's not too late to turn back you know and i'm like what are you talking about you're a doc- you chose to be here why and certainly there's tough times in it and we've had long hours and stressful situations and even time for patients want to attack doctors. Unfortunately, that happens, but you take the good with the bad. At the end of the day, we've got a choice. We made this decision. Are we going to make the best of it? Yes. Or are we going to complain about it? And I have never found myself to grow stronger or be more empowered by being negative or complaining or being pessimistic. So I've told other physicians, they complain about something. I said, you know, (laughs) you chose to be here, right? If, if If you don't like it, Go do something that you do like. Go do something that will make you smile. And there are certainly times where I certainly don't feel like smiling at all. And I tell myself, come on, buddy, you can do it. It's like my challenge. I'm like, if I can't smile in some situation, well, now I've got to. I've got to find a way to do it. So in medicine, yes, there are some negative culture areas. And that's our job is to heal. And the physician, heal thyself. It's we so need true. To smile ourselves and remind ourselves we are so privileged with the education and the connections that we have, and even the wealth that we have. You know, eighty thousand people died today. One hundred twenty thousand born. Seven point four billion people on this planet. You and I, we weren't one of those people that died. That may be a little bit of a morbid statistic, but we have tons to be thankful for, and we are so. We are overachievers at finding something to even complain about while we sit in all this wealth. So it's all perspective. Go do a, a mission trip in a third world country, and we're like, man, we got it good here. But but they still complain in the gallows and training of medicine. And I get it. It can be stressful, sleep deprivation. You're away from the family. We both went through that, and you've got a choice. And, yes, there are times when you're just going to break down and just cry and have those moments but then when you're done with that, get it out of your system. Say, well, you know what? I'm not dead yet. <laughs> it <laughs> could always be worse. <laughs> Dr. Rich Castellano, we only have about 30 seconds left. This has been a fantastic and fun show. If you have one thing to leave us with, what would it be? The smile challenge. Identify situations where you don't normally smile and then invite yourself to smile. For me, when I'm driving with my wife, she's the woman of my dreams. We don't normally smile if she's telling me how to drive. And I love her, and she's an amazing woman. So I love to smile when my wife's giving me directions and we have fun. Honey, I'm turning left here like you asked me to, and we're silly about it. But it really diffuses a situation. So the smile challenge, recognize your smile. Your smile is the most beautiful gift you will ever give to people. Don't hide that from other people. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel that authenticity and let them know that you care. Dr. Rich Castellano, we've run out of time. I really want to thank you for joining us, sharing your insights, making us smile. I I appreciate you giving us the time. It was a lot of fun. 
Thank you so much. Look up our book, The Smile Prescription. It's the Wall Street Journal bestseller on Amazon.com. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash Primary Care Today. You can download the podcast. You can learn more on the series. Thank you, everyone, for listening.